The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doctor's Lounge. Today we're going to be talking about how they do it. How do they manipulate the narrative and how do they control us? It's uh, it's quite stunning, and I'm going to apologize in advance because I have a lot of audio to play, so we'll be listening to a lot of audio. I know typically when, when one does podcasting, uh, they have rules and regulations about what works best, uh, but I'm going to basically do my own thing, which is kind of what I've been doing my whole life. And I want to do some things to to make the points of how exactly they're controlling the narrative, how exactly they control our thought, and what you guys need to do to see the big picture. Now, a lot of this stuff, to me, uh, seems uh, obvious. Uh, but what I've kind of learned over the pandemic, and I was explaining a little bit about this on the last show, was that things that are obvious to me might not be obvious to somebody else. And this really became apparent to me when COVID first hit us in early 2020, and I started to be able to see the numbers. I was seeing the patients in South Korea. I've seen the patients in Italy, and it became obvious to me very early on that the Delta variant and the COVID virus was primarily uh, impacting older people with comorbid conditions that young people were were being spared by serious uh, complications from COVID. I was starting to see basically just the way things were working out. And I remember getting more and more comfortable. And when we got to midsummer, my wife and I were sitting on the couch and my wife starts freaking out and, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. And I remember thinking like, what are you talking about? Not only are we not all going to die, but like in our family, nobody is. I mean, we're, we're basically bulletproof. We know that there's early treatment out there. I had been studying that for months at this point. The virus in general wasn't wasn't affecting people in my immediate family's age group and health conditions. I was in the hospitals and I was seeing that data was being manipulated. I was seeing that they were not really accurately keeping track of the number of people who were vaccinated versus not vaccinated. I could see that people were being diagnosed with COVID when they really didn't have it, or at least, uh, you know, they had positive tests, but they had no respiratory symptoms. I was just seeing things with my own eyes that were just calming me down. And I sort of realized that my wife wasn't having those same experiences because she's not in the hospitals and she's not a doctor. And that was really the other thing. Being a doctor and understanding coronavirus, understanding how vaccines work and really understanding medicine and actually getting to see patients every day uh, helped me a lot. And so it was at that point I started to realize that at my age, I'm getting older, and with my experience, that I have perspective that other people don't do. And so I want to start sharing some perspectives to people uh, to help help them understand the world around them and help you internalize facts. Because we have issues that are going on in this country with the media controlling the way we see things, and, not, and they're in cahoots with big tech. Uh, big corporations, hospital systems, political agencies, people are all in cahoots in an effort to try and control the population through developing narratives that benefit them. Uh, right now, uh, they're spending a lot of money in Ukraine. 
people ask me, what are my thoughts on Ukraine? And I always say, I have no idea because I don't know what's going on in Ukraine. All I know is that the government just keeps spending tons and tons of money there. I'm not really sure who the players are. And I get it. I get it. It's it's Russia against Ukraine. But I don't know anything about those two countries. You know, I'm hearing all kinds of things like Ukrainians want to be Russian and all this stuff. I don't know what the real deal is. But what I do know is I don't trust any of the people that are sending this money over there defending Ukraine's border when we won't even defend our own border. And that's got another medical uh, correlation with the fentanyl crisis, because I got a story with that, too, that's going to really get under your skin. I know I'm just in a rage about it. Um, But my point is, you know, we got uh, Mitt Romney, we got Hunter Biden, we got Nancy Pelosi's uh, family members that all have uh, business dealings with Ukrainian gas companies and things like that. We're sending all this money. Who's itemizing all this money? And it's just going to Ukraine. And it just looks to me like a big money laundering operation. And when I started doing this podcast, I really started it from a perspective of trying to argue the point that free market health care was superior to socialized medicine, a one-size-fits-all, top-down, government-controlled, draconian healthcare system that denies care and doesn't really provide care. And then I started to realize that healthcare, that, that is obvious. There's just no question that, that free market healthcare is far, far superior to socialized medicine, which listen, in the end, socialized medicine isn't even a healthcare system. It's a health denial system and it's a means of power. And that's why these podcasts have kind of turned into more political, uh, because Medicine is being used as a political weapon to try and control us. And I want to try and get you guys to see things with that perspective. Now, in the last few years, one of the biggest things we've seen is the gloves have really come off. This has been going on forever in terms of uh, propagandizing a, a population. But with social media uh, and and all of the modern advances we've had in communications – it just seems like all this misinformation is on steroids. When I was a younger person, there were, you know, ABC, NBC, and CBS, Nightly News. Those people, that was all there was. And you always got a left-wing perspective. And it was, they could be more subtle back then. They could be uh, less in your grill about how to control and manipulate our thinking because if they didn't report things on the news, it didn't happen. And if they did, they, if they did report it, they always reported it from the perspective, uh, that they wanted you to see it. And then Rush Limbaugh came away, came along. And that was really the first time that we started having another side, the conservative side, the right wing side of stories. And, uh, you know, for decades and decades, they just trashed Rush Limbaugh. Uh, and made him out to be this evil villain. And now here we are in 2023, and there's lots of different media outlets, but big tech uh, still controls the narrative. And as more right-wing and more opposing view networks like OAN and Newsmax and Daily Wire and Breitbart and all these different other entities came along to give us other information – They've gotten way more in our grill and way more obvious about the corrupt way that they present information to us. And medicine 
is a huge cudgel for them to implement their political will. And nothing demonstrated that better than this whole COVID pandemic, where they completely took over our entire economy. They subverted the Constitution, locked us down in our homes, shut down our businesses, all under the guise of health care. And it's sort of like this health crisis came along and our constitutional rights suddenly just completely disappeared. And then when people tried to speak up about it, uh, they were shut down. And that's what leads me into the show here. What we're talking about is how do they control the narrative? Well, the first thing they do is in in any debate, they don't want to actually debate the merits of whatever subject we're talking about, whether it be do lockdowns work, do masks work? Does early treatment and COVID work? Are the vaccines safe and efficacious? No, no, no. They don't want to have that open debate. So what they do is they designate experts and they designate appeals to authority. And you saw it all the time with, well, the CDC says, and you know, you say, yeah, yeah, I want to talk to you about something. No, 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 no. The World Health Organization said this. No, no, no. It's not FDA approved. And it's just this constant appeal to authority. Uh, our, uh, um, Katanji Brown Jackson, we talk about it on the show. She's uh, being confirmed for the Supreme Court. They ask her, what is a woman? And she says, well, I'm not a biologist, so I can't say this because she knows that if she articulates what a woman is, she's going to alienate her base that is involved in all of this, uh, you know, transgender ideology where, you know, we're not allowed to we're not allowed to say and admit the fact that there are differences between men and women. And so there's this constant appeal to authority to try and shut things down. The next thing they do is they come in with what they call fact checkers. So they try to get fact checkers to try and tell you that you didn't hear what you just heard or that you didn't see what you just saw. And they're trying to manipulate your mind so that you doubt yourself and you see for example, ballots being pulled out from under a table and stuffed into a ballot box. And you're like, gosh, that doesn't look right. Uh, I'm wondering if there's election integrity. Oh, you're an election denier. And they go into this ridicule to try and get you to think that you didn't just see what you thought you saw. The next thing they do is this very dangerous technique, which is labeling things misinformation. This is to me, whenever I hear somebody invoking misinformation other than to mock the concept of misinformation, I know that person is unserious. I also will immediately look at whatever it is they're trying to label as misinformation, and my basic instinct will be it's 100% true until proven otherwise, uh, because there's no other reason for misinformation. And people who truly believe in the point of view that they're arguing are not going to be uh, afraid of defending their position against other people. It's only when you know you don't have the tools to win the debate that you have to label it misinformation. It's kind of like when you're in an argument with somebody and you say, let's agree to disagree is really a way of saying, I can't win this debate and I don't want to lose. So let's just stop debating. So let's agree to disagree. And then of course, People who know they're in the writers say and will say, no, 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 let's not agree to disagree. Let's agree that I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, you may, uh, many of you may have, uh, this, uh, particular situation with your spouses. Uh, sometimes when, when that doesn't work, when the appeals to authority to shut you down or the fact checkers to try and promote a narrative or labeling something misinformation doesn't work, then they'll just flat out go to cancellation. They'll just take somebody like a Peter McCullough who came out. He's one of the, uh, most uh, published 
cardiologist in the world. He's a great scientist, long career, worked at prestigious institutions, nothing in his history to suggest he's anything up, anything but a consummate professional. But he was the, one of the first people coming out, pointing out all of the problems with our COVID response. And they just canceled him. They took away his credentials and they tried to label him as a known spread of misinformation, uh, uh, which of course, me being me and having a sane mind, uh, I immediately started, uh, looking at what, what uh, Dr. McCullough had to say and reading his, his, uh, publications and deciding for myself that everything he's saying sounds legitimate. And now we know that all that he's been saying has turned out to be a hundred percent true. The other thing that doesn't work with, uh, necessarily cancelling or sorry, canceling individuals, they'll just memory hole information. Now, Last week, they had a spot uh, where a CBS uh, a news uh, broadcast had a doctor expert on, and I wish I had put more details on, but we have noticed that there is a 30% increase in heart attacks in the last couple of years, um, you know, young people, so school-aged children, we've seen it, right? The professional soccer players, uh, we just recently saw the Buffalo Bills football player, Sergio Guero, who used to be center forward for Argentina. All of these so-called heart issues coming up, um, the uh, Buffalo Bills player was interviewed by, who was he interviewed by? Uh, I want to say, oh, by uh, Michael Strahan, right before the Super Bowl. And Michael Strahan asked him point blank, so what did the doctors say was the cause of your heart issue and he he the the player responds well I don't want to get into that right now well why doesn't he want to get into it now I can't be in inside his head but I can tell you what I think I think he didn't want to get into it because he was going to say it had something to do with the vaccine and he knows that that will get him canceled and he doesn't want to be canceled so he just uh just elected not to talk about it now my point with this was I had this spot, this video of this CBS news broadcast where they had doctor expert and they brought up the fact that, hey, you know, we're noticing that there's a 30 percent increase in heart attacks in young people. What do you think it is? And this doctor went on to say, well, it's because they're not wearing their masks properly. I mean, are you kidding me? Is that what all of you think? All of you, you don't even need to know anything, but I'm going to tell you flat out. I have a question about these vaccines. There's, I published, not published, I posted a, a JAMA article on the vax, on vaccine related myocarditis. I was suspended from social media from Twitter for six days and I wasn't allowed back. This is back in 2020 or early 2021. I wasn't allowed back until I deleted the post. Okay. So we know that this is in JAMA. All right. We know that there's some suggestion. I, I mean, I think it's more than a suggestion with the research that I've been studying, but there's at least enough evidence out there to be to credibly allow somebody to ask the question, hey, are these vaccines causing myocarditis, causing the heart attacks? And there's a 30 percent increase that happened to start right around the time that time that everybody was getting vaccinated. Is that even relevant? No, no, no. You're not even allowed to ask the question. So anyway, I was going to play that for you guys today. But of course, the video is delayed. It. OK, that's what they do is they just memory hole information um, uh, so that when you go back to look at it later, it's just not there anymore. And so a lot of things are. Uh, you know, you, you kind of get lost to history. And if you read George Orwell's 1984, they talk about this 
uh, completely in the dis- descent into these totalitarian states where they simply m- memory hole information. And this stuff is happening right aw- uh, right in front of our eyes. So what what I want you guys to all be aware of is when you're in when you're taking in information, be aware of. Um, alarm bells. Somebody appeals to authority. Well, I have certain education or I'm, you know, the director of something or I have some position of authority. Therefore, we are not going to actually debate these issues. You're just going to agree that I'm right. Um, if fact checkers ever get involved, I mean, this whole concept of a fact checker is utterly ridiculous. And the real, really the only point of a fact checker is try to get you off the truth. <laughs> so if you see something, uh, that they don't want you to believe they'll sick fact checkers on it to 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 change your opinion or to get you not to believe it and i'm going to show examples of all this stuff uh misinformation anything that's labeled misinformation is an alien concept to me there's no there's not any necessarily right or wrong answers in a lot of issues you know science is that way people are under this belief that we conduct one study on something, uh, you know, is vitamin D effective at uh, stopping COVID? You do one study and it's like, okay, it doesn't work. That's what they want you to believe. It actually does work. Uh, there's actually tons of research that shows that vitamin D is effective. And even uh, Bill Maher and Woody Harrelson figured it out. Their, uh, their uh, show went viral. Woody Harrelson uh, talking uh, negatively about the, the, um, pharmaceutical companies and the vaccine and the two of them talking about how uh, there was a concerted effort to discredit hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and how the vaccine was the only acceptable uh, treatment for COVID and for that Woody Harrelson's uh, being attacked. Uh, and, you know, you can just see these tactics being employed all the time. The flat out cancellation, right, where they just they just tell somebody is is worthless. They won't let them do business anymore. They take away their credentials. They'd throw them in jail if they could. Uh, and then memory holding information. They just simply will take it away. Now, <clears throat> I often ask myself, how is this possible? I mean, I, I, I'll have people tell me all the time, man, you went to Cal Berkeley. I graduated from the University of California, Berkeley. And they'll say to me, how in the world did you stand going to Berkeley, you being you? And I always say, I wasn't born this way. (laughs) I was made this way because I'm a rational individual and I've lived my life and I just see things and how they work. And I'm able to deduce for myself uh, things in life that work and things in life that don't work. And I became this way over a long period of time through personal experience. And so when I was at Berkeley and they were protesting everything under the sun, which they always did, I remember thinking to myself at the time, Man, these people are so vocal and so passionate and so angry, but they're 20 years old and they don't know anything. And I remember thinking, I know they don't know anything because I'm 20 years old and I don't know anything. And I'm just trying to understand the world around me. And I'm wondering in this day and age, how is it that people buy into this uh, ridiculous concept of fact checkers and misinformation and allowing cap, uh, cancellation. Uh, you got a Supreme Court, uh, nominee who's being confirmed for the Supreme Court. They ask her a question. What is a woman? Oh, I'm not a biologist. I don't know what a woman is or I, I'm not qualified to say what a woman. I mean, how is this even possible? And I'm going to, sh- I'm going to show you some examples of where this is possible. Now we've played this on the show before. And again, I'm going to play a lot of audio today, uh, which 
which I apologize for in advance, but I think it's really important to make these points. And last week I played Bronte Remsick. She's a third year medical student. At least she was when this was posted and she's an Instagram influencer and she is on, um, the Michael Knowles show. And she was invited on to argue the position of pro-abortion against pro-choice, okay? So she shows up on the Michael Knowles show, and she's there to argue her position as pro-abortion. And uh, let's just listen to the way she speaks. So what I would really like to start this conversation off with and make very clear from the start for both you and your viewers is I am not saying that you are wrong for being uncomfortable with abortion. I'm not saying that you are wrong for not agreeing with it, but your opinion applies to your body and your life alone. We are not sitting here having a discussion about our personal disagreements. I am here to educate you and your viewers on the guidelines of proper medical practice that have been established by our country's leading medical experts, and they have stated publicly and unequivocally that abortion access is essential to comprehensive evidence-based health care. And we both want to protect life, and what remains true is protecting innocent life never involves restricting access to health care. So, so... I mean, there, there's so much there. She does so many things that are um, problematic. The first thing is she says you're not wrong because you think this or you think that. She's saying you are wrong. And the reason you're wrong is because you're not a designated expert, right? She doesn't argue the merits of her position. She immediately says all of the experts say what I say. And therefore, I don't have to defend my position to you. I'm just right because the experts all say what I say. Now, all of the experts don't say that, but that's another tactic they use is they're the ones who get to decide who the experts are, right? They talk about climate science. Uh, any scientist, and there are plenty of them, who say, hey, I don't really uh, I don't really think man-made global warming is a major deal or I don't think man's contribution to the climate change is relevant or I'm maybe unsure of it, those people don't get any government grants. They're immediately canceled and they're not considered, right? And so then they come out and they'll say 97% of climate scientists agree that we're right. Now I've shown on the, or I've demonstrated on the show how that's a joke uh, and it's not true. The other thing um, she does is um, <clears throat> she'll, she, she sort of, skirts even arguing the position by just saying this is all settled and she gets to define the term. So abortion is health care, right? So she's able to sort of turn reality up on its head and saying that aborting babies, so killing babies, is promoting life because abortion is health care. And, and so, you know, these people, they get in there and they're the ones that are defining the terms they define who gets to be the experts. And we never actually get onto the merits of whatever it is we're debating. It just ends with appealing to an expert. And the reason that I point this out is it's so dangerous. It is so dangerous for us to cede authority to these so-called experts because they do not have our best interest at heart. Uh, the World Health Organization, the CDC, the secretary of the, you know, health and human services, the FBI. I mean, all of these places are fallible and they've demonstrated themselves, to, in my opinion, to be beyond fallible. They're corrupt 
and they don't have our best interest at heart. And if we cede power to them over our lives, we're going to we're going to regret it. We are regretting it. It's happening already. We haven't even ceded that power but they're taking it anyway, right? There was no power in the Constitution for the government to shut down our businesses, to force us to take these new experimental drugs, to prevent us from using safe and effective drugs because we want to. That was all taken away from us with no power uh, whatsoever, and healthcare was the cudgel that allowed them to do it. And we need to be uh, aware of it. Now, um, that's one example. I've played this one before, but I want to play it again because this guy's just such a putz. But, uh, this guy is a college student. Um, Ben Shapiro from the Daily Wire was, uh, doing a show there. And this person came up to ask a question. And let's just hear, uh, what he had to say. I can watch some of this. I'm a mathematician and a physicist here, a double major, and I also just won the most prestigious award in the country to pursue research at any institution I want, the National Science Foundation Graduate Research Fellowship. So I think I'm pretty, you know, qualified to say that most of what you're saying is based on, like, old data. Um, but my question to you, and I so I want to like, realize that. Last month, but sure. Um, like, for example, gender identity disorder, that's the DSM-4, bro. We use the DSM-5 now for psychologists to be able to talk about... I literally about said it the DSM-5 in the speech, and it's called gender dysphoria, which I is that I use throughout the speech, not gender identity disorder. You sound like disorder, a bozo, bro. And you, get no f- and you can't even make your wife f- bro, so it's good. All right. So this guy, on top of being uh, wrong, is a tool. And he's a young person, and this really frustrates me. And I know, listen, when we're young, we do stupid things. But I was young and stupid, too. But I was never that arrogant. I knew I didn't know things. And maybe it's because I had parents to tell me, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. When you're young, you need to do a lot more listening and a lot less talking. But, you know, here he goes again. He's And this happens with people all the time, this concept of, I have a degree I have my position, I have, you know, some award, and therefore I never have to produce anything ever again in my life because my credentials speak for themselves. I mean, this kid is right at the beginning, you know, and this idea that having a degree even matters is ridiculous. Now, in the old days, (laughs) when I was young, the whole idea of getting a college degree was not only to learn, but you're also demonstrating to a future employer that you have aptitude, that you have the ability to process uh, information and learn it, and you have a certain set of skills demonstrated by the fact that you were able to acquire a college degree. And now we've done so many things with affirmative action. We've done things with the way we, you know, we're in medical schools. They're no longer doing that. The the board exams, uh, which helps figure out who knows the material well. There's so many things that are changing our perception. And then there's so much indoctrination going on that as an employer now, when I look at a candidate and they're from an Ivy League school, I'm actually now thinking to myself, are they are they are they deluded into thinking that they have no nothing else to learn and that because they have this Ivy League degree that they just are uh, uh, destined to be successful and they don't have to put any work into it. And I don't necessarily only blame the kids, but this is what's pumped into their heads all the time by their professors, and it's utterly ridiculous. And you guys need to understand that don't ever be intimidated by somebody because they have a degree or a certificate 
And don't ever think to yourself that you're, you're, you've proven that you're the perfect for the job or that you're great at your job just because you have a degree. To me, these educational degrees and things like that get you to the starting line. And then it's what you actually produce in life that makes the difference. Now, that brings me to my next one. And this one, I think, shows a lack of insight uh better than any of the others. Now, I, that reminds me when I was back in medical school and we studied psychological disorders, one of the key uh, underlying factors in somebody that has a psychological disorder is what they call lack of insight, right? So this kid uh, doesn't even understand that, uh, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He starts citing his degrees. And then when he starts actually losing the debate to Ben Shapiro on his, on his, uh, merits on the merits of the case of the argument, then he immediately descends into these ad hominem attacks where he's, I don't even know where that came from. He tells Ben Shapiro he can't get his uh, wife pregnant and, you know, the other stupid things he said. It's so juvenile. And, you know, here this guy is, he's trying to say he's this accomplished, knowledgeable, you know, person with all these degrees, bro, bro, you can't even argue with me, dude. I have all these degrees. And then he's just a moron. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable to me. Now, this next one to me is kind of the, the just beyond uh, crazy. Uh, so Charlie Kirk, and for those of you who don't know Charlie Kirk, Charlie Kirk is a genius. Uh, I've met him before. I've actually uh, been on his show with America's Frontline Doctors when we up, went up to D.C. Um, Charlie Kirk is a genius, um, and he did not go to college. He uh, he decided not to go to college, and so he started an organization called um, – the heck is this organization called? Hang on one sec. Uh, Turning Point USA. Sorry, but I had a brain fart on the air. Uh, yeah, he started this organization called Turning Point USA. He's uh, he, he basically on high school and college campuses. He has these organizations that uh, promote um, conservative points of view, which is important because they're completely gone from most of our public education. And he's a very successful person, incredibly successful. Kind of reminds me when I was a kid, people used to tell me, you know, Albert, you know, don't be discouraged when you don't do well in math. Albert Einstein failed, you know, failed math at some point. Well, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's urban legend or not. But if Albert Einstein failed math, it's not because he didn't understand the information. It's because he was so beyond it that he didn't find it worthwhile participating in these school exams, right? That's where Charlie Kirk is. I'm not saying he's Einstein. I'm just saying the guy is super accomplished in the game of life and the things that really matter. He's super accomplished. And yet you have this kid come up to him and mock him. I mean, just listen to this kid. It's unbelievable. Can you clarify your definition of critical race theory? Uh, yeah, Derek Bells. So what he wrote in 1991, Intro to Critical Race Theory. What's in that book? The whole book is your definition. Wait, but are you familiar with that literature? Well, yeah, I read the book, but I don't remember anything about it. It was for like a college class. Like, let's be honest, nobody remembers the books they read in college. Um, Sounds like a great value proposition to go to college. No, 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 it is, trust me. Well, but you didn't go to college, so I guess you wouldn't know. Um, it's true, I didn't. So, so let me ask you though, does that mean that I'm not able to have this conversation with you? Because I no. actually remember the book and you didn't, and you paid hey. for it. <laughs> 
So, first of all, I didn't pay for it. Uh, there's these things called scholarships. Oh, so somebody else so, paid for you not to yeah. remember the book exactly. that you're supposed to read. Oh, Anyways. some wealthy donor or taxpayer paid for you hey. to not remember the book. Can you clarify your definition of critical race theory? Okay, so... You got Charlie Kirk. He's on, I, I, I believe this is a college campus and he's having a Q&A. This kid gets up there and he wants to, he wants to mock Charlie Kirk, which it's just unbelievable to me. I mean, I'm the type of person who would process information this way. Charlie Kirk didn't go to college. I've seen him over the years. The guy has an encyclopedia memory. He knows a lot about a different things and he has the data at his fingertips. He's a very special person who has the ability to bring this information up uh, very easily, very quickly on a lot of different subjects. And so you got this kid who's showing up and he's thinking to himself that he's going to go and show Charlie Kirk up. And he tries to start off with this. Can you clarify your definition of critical race theory? And so Charlie Kirk cites a book. And the kid's just like, well, what, what is that? The whole book? Like everything just snidely, like righteous indignation. I mean, it's just so swarmy and disgusting. I mean, if that was my son, I would give him a smack. Now, of course, you know, these days we don't give children smacks. And to be fair, I never smacked my children either. But my point is I would be correcting my kid. I would be telling him, listen, you're embarrassing me with this humiliating display of condescension and you're, you don't know anything. I mean, he gets up there and he said, so Charlie Kirk cites this book on critical race theory and why he opposes it. The kid says, Oh no, I read the book, but I don't remember anything about it. I mean, humiliating. Charlie Kirk's like saying, you know, he's ready to go too. Let's debate the book. The kid doesn't want to debate. So he immediately goes into, well, you didn't even go to college. So you don't even, you know, you don't even have the credibility to even debate with me because you're not a, you don't have a college education. And then the kid goes into the swarmy, smug, oh, I didn't pay for my education. I got a scholarship. And Charlie, you're too stupid to understand what a scholarship is. So even though uh, I don't know anything about this book, at least I didn't have to pay for it. It's like... The, the, the lack of insight, like we just discussed, it's so over the top. It's just so incredible to me. And I know a lot of you are sitting out there like, Oh, Scott, you know, what's the big deal? Kid's going to be a loser in life. He's not going to amount to anything. No, that is not what's happening. Until we start to understand this stuff, you don't realize these people are running the world. They're in control of all of our government. Uh, political bureaus and all of our agencies and big tech and all of the things that influence our lives, control our lives and are preventing us from getting our own health care. These people that think like this are in control and you need to understand and you need to be willing to, to fight back against this stuff. I mean, I've shown you Katanji Brown Jackson a hundred times on this show. Uh, what is a woman? Oh, I'm not a biologist. Uh, I showed you the, um, the Berkeley law professor uh, who was talking about uh, persons unable to give birth. And then uh, Josh Hawley uh, asked him, asked her uh, by persons un- unable to give birth. Are you, are you talking about women? And she's like, well, I think we can all agree that there are people other than women who are able to give birth. Blah, blah, blah. And she goes into this like ridiculous uh, statement and then Josh is like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "And you're being, you know, racist and aggressive by 
asking and, you know, hurtful and violent. You're committing violence against me by asking me these questions. I mean, these people are not isolated people. I mean, um, these people get into positions of power. They're controlling us by using these techniques of appeals to authority, fact checking, misinformation. They cancel. They memory hole. Um, and, and then we have this generation of kids that are coming up that are in medical school and, you know, I forgot what the one kid, uh, is in, but he's citing all of his degrees. I mean, these people are acquiring certificates and degrees and things like that that are eventually going to get them into positions of power where they're going to be the FDA director. They're going to be president of the United States. They're going to be the head of Google and the head of Twitter and the head of Facebook and all of these different things that have major power over your life. And they're using healthcare as the cudgel to be able to accomplish things. Our constitution prevents government and these people from taking over our lives. Uh, and so what they do is they use healthcare to circumvent the Constitution. I'm going to show you how we do this. Now, they just uh, – and listen, for all the uh, you know people watching this show that are just trying to attack me and everything, I'm offering my opinions. I'm citing everything that I'm saying here. Uh, the, 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 you know, you, canceling me is ridiculous. Um, we're, we're sitting here with uh, this new experimental vaccine, supposedly. It's not a vaccine, this mRNA technology. It's not even – complicated stuff. But I think I've said on this show long ago, and maybe even in 2020, you've got these lipid nanoparticles that have mRNA in them. We inject them into the body. These lipid nanoparticles carry the mRNA to all of our healthy cells, brain, uh, reproductive testicles, ovaries, liver, heart. The cells take up the mRNA. That mRNA then goes to the ribosomes within the cells and is transcribed into the spike protein. That spike protein then goes to the membranes of these healthy cells in our body, and those spike proteins stimulate the immune system to attack the cells. I mean, that's like not even – that's like high school biology right there. And I remember thinking to myself, well, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Like I don't want my immune system attacking healthy tissue. So – Immediately, we start seeing these problems with myocarditis. We're seeing uh, issues with inflammation in the liver. There are studies out there that are showing that. Um, the clots that are happening, uh, the, I've, in my orbit alone, I've seen so many people with DVTs, clots, uh, that are relate, you know, that are occurring around the, um, vaccination. Now, a lot of people out there, they get into this other thing that they do that, Anything they say speculative is fine. They can say whatever they want, and it doesn't matter if it's approved by the state. But if we say anything that is not proven to be 100% without a doubt under the, you know, verified by their experts, then we get labeled known spreaders of misinformation. Uh, we get canceled. We get attacked. And, uh, you know, this is insane. And I'm going to show you exactly how's, how this works now. Um, Tom Shimabukuro is the CDC director uh, for the uh, Office of Immunization and Safety. And he had he was testifying before Congress, and he had some comments that went viral. And I want you to hear what what he had to say. The CDC director. I got this from the, the Michael Mill show. Safety office just a couple of weeks ago, acknowledging openly, finally, 
the health problems that have been attributed and associated with these vaccines. We take vaccine safety um, very seriously. Uh, with re- with respect to um, reports of people experiencing um, debilitating illnesses, um, I mean we we are we are aware of these um, reports of, of people experiencing long lasting health problems following COVID vaccination. Uh, in some cases, the clinical presentation of people suffering these health problems is variable. And no specific medical cause for the symptoms have been found. Um, we understand that illness is disruptive and stressful, especially under those circumstances. And we acknowledge these health problems have substantially impacted the quality of life for people and have also affected those around them. And we hope uh, for improvement and recovery. And we will continue to monitor the safety of these vaccines and, and work with partners to try to better understand these types of adverse events. Okay, you just heard Tom Shimabukuro, okay, you just heard him in his own words testifying that he's aware that people are reporting vaccine injury. He admits we don't know what it causes. So am I saying it's 100% proven? No, but he's saying he doesn't know, which means it could. Because he didn't say I definitively am telling you from our research that it's not the vaccine. That's not what he said. What he said is, I don't know. And he said, we will continue to study and monitor it. Okay, so you heard it with your own ears. The guy is basically, I mean, when I listen to that, I'm thinking, dang. So the the CDC director for immunization safety is saying that he's aware of these vaccine injury reports. He doesn't know what's causing them and that they're going to continue to study it. Like, that makes me go, okay, I have questions about the vaccine. So, of course immediately, immediately the fact checkers got to come in and tell you that you didn't hear what you just thought you heard. And so let's uh, give you an example of that. The COVID-19 vaccines. At Verify, we're here to help you sort fact from fiction. Recently, a viewer sent us this video post on social media with nearly a million views, claiming to show Dr. Tom Shimabukuro, director of the CDC's Immunization Safety Office, admitting COVID-19 vaccines cause debilitating illnesses. Take a listen. We are, we are aware of these um, reports of, of people experiencing long-lasting health problems following COVID vaccination. So let's verify. Did CDC Vaccine Safety Director Dr. Shimabukuro admit COVID-19 vaccines cause debilitating illnesses? Our sources are the full transcript of the January 26th FDA committee meeting, the World Health Organization, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and the CDC. That clip of Dr. Shimabukuro is real, but shared out of context. We played back the meeting and he wasn't talking about confirmed side effects of the COVID vaccine. He was actually talking about anecdotal reports of illnesses submitted to the CDC through the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, a database where people can report possible vaccine side effects. It isn't an official list. Anyone can submit what they think is a side effect without any evidence. According to the transcript, Dr. Shimabukuro was describing how the VAERS process works prior to his quote in the viral clip. The CDC confirmed there is no scientific evidence to suggest that the COVID-19 vaccines are causing these types of health problems. 
The WHO says there are strict precautions in place to help ensure the safety of all COVID-19 vaccines. Adding that like any vaccine, COVID-19 vaccines can cause side effects, most of which are mild and go away within a few days. Okay, so you see what she did there? She did what they always do, right? This appeal to authority. Our our sources are the CDC, the FDA, the WHO. And she says her his statements, Tom Shimabukuro's statements were taken out of context. Did you hear how they played just the short clip? I just played you the whole clip of what he said, where he clearly said, I'm aware of the vaccine injury reports. I don't know what's causing them. We don't know what's causing them. And we will continue to study him. He clearly said that. Now, they're trying to get you to say you didn't just hear what you think you heard because we have all of the important people. What you heard was taken out of context, which is why they played you the shortest little clip of him speaking so that you couldn't hear the context. Because if you did hear the whole context like I play it, you would come to the same conclusion that I came to, that there could be a problem with these vaccines and we should look at it. And then they get in at the end, which which is what they do, right, is – uh, well, you know, like all vaccines, most side effects are minor, but not all of them, right? So these fact checkers, they're not designed to give you information. They're designed to promote disinformation. And that's kind of the whole point. You got these people that uh, when confronted uh, and the facts are undeniable, that uh, they're able to defer to the fact checkers to kind of bail them out. And one of the most pathetic uh, examples of this was when Fauci was testifying before Congress and uh, he was confronted with the fact that years ago he was on a, a, a news show. Somebody called in asking about a vaccine and he made the statement that if you catch a virus and you get sick, that's the best vaccination ever. And then, of course, he's sort of changing his tune now. And so the congressman was questioning him and in, and confronting him about how his views today seem to conflict with what he said years ago, saying that the best vaccination is getting the virus. Now, this guy can't even defend his own words. He has to defer to the fact checkers. That a vaccination following infection gives an added extra boost. And that film that you showed is really taken out of context. I believe that was when someone called in who had had a reaction to a vaccine and asked me through a telephone in the interview if they should get vaccinated again. So it was in the context of someone who had a reaction. As a matter of fact, Reuters fact check looked at that and said, Fauci's 2004 comments do not contradict his pandemic actually actually were okay so he unequivocally said and I've played the audio of that 2004 call in a million times where he says the best vaccination is getting the virus it's not exactly that I don't remember but it was essentially that um And then he gets confronted by it because here we have COVID and people are trying to talk about natural immunity and the powers that be don't want natural immunity to be considered. And so they they employ their experts and their agencies and everything to tell us that that's not a thing. Anybody who asks questions about it is canceled and ridiculed. And then we play Fauci in his own words, 
contradicting himself. And then he has to defer to a fact checker to convince us that we didn't hear what we just heard. Now, this is amazing to me. It blows my mind. And it's one of these things that I see. And I'm just like, God, this is so obviously stupid. And it doesn't have any effect on me. And I'm just wondering, does it affect you guys? And maybe maybe it doesn't. And that's why I want to kind of point point this stuff out to get you to see it. When you hear people, I mean, as soon as somebody starts implementing the, well, that's misinformation, they're not serious. Um, now, the other thing is, they get to, and I, I've been a victim of this. I say anything or I ask a question and I get canceled. I get labeled a known spreader of misinformation. We bust them time and time again getting caught in lies and everything. And it's just, they go on. They don't ever get labeled known spreaders of misinformation. They don't ever lose credentials. They don't ever get attacked. They get to continue being our experts. We have to take the next thing they say as gospel and we're not allowed to ask any questions. And I mean, listen, I was on this show talking about masks don't work, right? I've been saying that over again, and that was not me saying it. That was me sharing all of that, all I have learned through the literature, right? I was canceled for it. I was attacked for it, um, as many other people were. Where our kids are still, you know, they're trying to mandate, you know, they're considering mandating masks uh, in hospitals in perpetuity. Um, the vaccine if you, you know, I played the montage on this show over and over again. If you get the vaccine, you can't get the disease. And then that wasn't the case. And then let's listen to Deborah Burks, one of the, uh, COVID czars, uh, on, uh, Neil Cavuto's show when confronted about that. Let's listen to what she had to say. Get your take on a lot of people looking at the president now having this and all these people who've been fully vax, vaccinated and, and boosted and all that. And they're getting it. The 20 percent or so of Americans who've not been vaccinated might look at that doctor and say, well, why bother? Why bother? What do you what do you tell them? Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's going to save you right now is Paxlovid. But once we get through this wave during that law, you should get vaccinated and boosted because we do believe it will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will. But let's be very clear. 50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older, vaccinated. Okay, I don't even know what to say with that one. So this one, this person, Deborah Burks, she's a designated expert. So uh, they don't even make sense, right? I knew that these vaccines weren't going to work. But in the same chutzpah, the same uh, interview, she says, but you need to get vaccinated and boosted. Now, I knew they didn't work. What are you talking about? Not to mention, are, are, did you just lie to us on purpose? I mean, you knew they didn't work, but yet you said they did work. And in people like me who were like, hey, I have questions, like my kids don't really seem to be at serious risk. I don't seem to be at serious risk from the virus. Um, and I know a new experimental drug could potentially have problems. I'd like to maybe not do that. I was canceled. I was attacked. I was labeled an anti-vaxxer, all that kind of stuff. And then she comes in and says flat out, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I knew they weren't going to work. I just lied. I mean, you know, I'm adding that, but what, how else do you interpret that? 
I knew that they didn't work, but I said it anyway. This is unbelievable to me. And then they just move on and it's just, you know, oh, you know, bygones will be bygones. Oh, by the way, you have to accept everything I say is fact from now on. And you can't ever ask any questions. It's just it's just so over the top. And I'm just wondering, are you guys seeing it? It's so obvious. Now, um, you know, she has the unmitigated gall too to be pushing Paxlovid. Uh, treatment on that uh, on you uh, right and she said hey listen I know I know I just got over on y'all on the vaccine and uh, that it didn't work and uh, by the way get back get vaccinated and get boosted and by the way take your Paxlovid it's going to save you are you kidding me is anybody on the planet listening to this woman in, in regard to your health care now Dr. Ja so I remember during the pandemic uh, I was interviewed on uh, Fox News about masks and, you know, they're asking my opinion on it. And I basically said what I knew to be true at the time, which is in my study in, in medical school, these cloth and surgical masks are ineffective that, you know, the N95 masks, which, by the way, just to be clear, the Cochrane Library for all you people that want to attack me and cancel me out there. I'm quoting the Cochrane Library that just came out with a meta analysis of masks. Okay, the Cochrane Library is where is the number one medical source of data in the Cochrane Library meta analysis on masses that they don't work, including the N95. It doesn't change things. Okay, so this is not me saying that. This is just me reconfirming what I learned when I was in medical school, and it's just been reconfirmed again. Now, I was doing this spot on Fox News. They interviewed me earlier in the day, and it was to be played later. So I watched the tape later on. And then um, after I went, you had Dr. Ja, who's now one of the COVID czars, come on behind me and basically say, well, because people are not vaccinating and not, or I'm sorry, not masking and not locking down, we're seeing this spike of cases that are happening in the red states, Florida, Texas, and Georgia, uh, because Florida, Texas, and Georgia were opening up and they were not implementing these mask mandates. And of course, they couldn't have this. So they had to create this false narrative that, the states that were opening up, that were not implementing mask mandates and not locking down, were having a spike in cases. And so he said that right behind me. And, of course, I wasn't there to debate it at the time because this was a taped uh, situation. And I've said all the time, too, on Fox News, like Fox News is a source of information and there's stuff on there that's good and bad. But they do not speak for me. I don't accept what they say at face value, just like I don't accept anything else uh, at face value. These news organizations all have agendas. They're all fallible. And uh, so just because something's on Fox News doesn't necessarily mean I agree to it. And the reason I'm bringing that up is I'm, I wonder, was that by design that they had this kind of they had me go first to talk about mass? And then he, I'm sure, had the benefit of knowing what I was going to say because he came in behind me kind of discrediting me with this false narrative about this spike of cases in the red states. And then John Solomon exposed these uh the um the numbers this fake spike in cases because they were adding numbers from previous months deaths to current months to make it appear as if there was a spike and they got exposed but it didn't matter it's just the narrative building right and so i'm telling you that the mask didn't work and we know now there are studies showing that there's tremendous damage done to our young school age children on the mask also, when I go to the hospital, I have to wear a mask. There's so much waste and abuse of these masks at the hospital. They're talking about making masks mandatory in perpetuity. 
And we just have this meta-analysis from the Cochrane Library saying they don't work. And then let's listen to Dr. Ja. Let's listen to his uh, tune on mass right now. That shows that masks work. There's no study in the world that shows that masks work that well. So you're never going to get the kind of benefit from mandatory year-round masking as you would from making substantial improvements in indoor air quality. But it's a lot easier to implement as well. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That so he's one of the COVID czars, Doctor Ja. He gets to just come out and say there's never been a study that showed that masks work. That's what I said. And I was canceled and attacked. And other people were as well. And they don't care. The Cochlin Ryberry meta-analysis just reaffirmed that they don't work. And yet they want to make it mandatory in hospitals in perpetuity. And on top of that, uh, they, you know, they haven't, you know, said they won't do it to our children again. And man, it's just unbelievable. These, the way they get to invoke these experts, their experts get to be wrong. And then we move on as this nothing happened. I have to play Alan Dershowitz here. Uh, so Alan Dershowitz, his tune about vaccination before and after we found out about all these vaccine injuries. Listen to this one. Hang on. We should have mandatory, you know, the super viral video where you said we should have mandatory vaccines. I disagree with you on that, but, but this is the one thing that, that I have to ask you. Are you Moderna, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, which vaccine do you have? I, I don't believe in mandatory vaccination uh, now. I, what I said was, let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread a disease, even if you disagree. You have no right not to be vaccinated. You have no right not to wear a mask. You have no right to open up your business. Wait, can I stop you? Yeah. No right not to be vaccinated, meaning if they decide you have to be vaccinated, we have to be vaccinated? Absolutely. And if you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. If the vaccine... Where is that in the... I mean, are you freaking kidding me? So, I mean, this guy, this is uh, emblematic of everything dangerous. So we got a stupid smart person who basically comes on the the first when you first heard him say oh i don't think we should have vaccine mandates that was him in 2023 now that we're starting to learn about the dangers of vaccines which by the way i was telling you guys about a couple of years ago the potential problems and now you hear him uh saying i never said that i don't think we should be but then they go back and they play him in 2020 where he's like you'll take that vaccine if government you have absolutely no right to resist they have the ability to strap you down and inject you i mean my goodness folks uh, so Alan Dershowitz is still going to be on every single uh, news talking head, you know, Mr. Expert, Mr. Smart Person, Mr. He gets to tell us what to think. Um, and so you guys need to open your eyes. I hope I was able to connect dots for you guys and make you understand these techniques that they use to try and convince us that we're not seeing what we're seeing. Keep your minds open. I was always trained, evaluate everything for yourself, confirm everything on your own, and don't just take anything at face value from other people because they got title or credentials or anything else. All right, everybody, it's been a great show. Enjoyed having you here. We'll see you next time. You're listening to Dr. Scott Barber on the Doctor's Lounge. This is America's Web Radio. We'll see you next time. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.